On this episode of The Nosebleeds, we'll be talking about the NBA Conference Finals, a little recap about it, and then our little preview about the NBA Finals, and we'll talk about the MLB. All-Star voting has changed, and we'll tell you how it has. And NFL, we're giving you our way too early NFL division predictions. All this and more on The Nosebleeds. Yo, what up, y'all? Welcome to the Nosebleeds. That's K-N-O-W-S Bleeds because we know what we talked about, but we sit up in the Nosebleeds because we broke. It's your boy. Yo, what up, y'all? It's Kush. And I don't have my normal co-host with me, Brandy. She's living it up in Hawaii. Hey, Brandy, give me like a na- nice little hula skirt, a little, a little something from a luau. I want one of those. But stepping in for Brandy today, we have the one, the only... Mr. Corey Johnson. Corey, how you doing today? Hold the applause. Hold the applause. (laughs) (laughs) Nah, but uh, it's good to be on. It's good to be on. It's good to be here uh, with you and ready to just dive in. Dive in is exactly what we're going to do. Starting with the NBA, let's talk a little bit about the conference finals. Okay, so we'll start off with the Trailblazers and Warriors. Mm -hmm. Series ended 4-0 with a sweep, (laughs) with Portland leading three of those games by 17 or more points. So what th- what was your thoughts on that series? So but before the series even started, I thought that at least it would go five games. I thought Portland would – I thought their best chance was, uh, I want to say, game three was their best chance to win. But overall, I mean, I just go back to what KD and CJ were talking about on CJ's podcast. He was like, CJ, y'all not going to win. <laughs> y'all not going to win. Y'all not going to do anything this year. And CJ was running off all different types of reasons why they were going to win and why they were going to do all this stuff and who they signed. And Katie was just like, I'm not impressed. I'm not impressed. And without Kevin Durant, Steph, Tremont, Clay, and the rest of the crew, the Warriors just keep on showing people why this team is special. They've been special for these past few years, and they have the potentiality of doing something that only a few teams have done. And talking about that CJ McCollum, Kevin Durant thing, this is in between the the second round and the conference finals that they're having this podcast. So, I mean, it's kind of weird. I mean, they have a lot of downtime, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I don't know if Portland did. They went seven games with the Nuggets and then had to uh, get ready for the Warriors. But, yeah, like you said, and KD didn't even play this entire series. No. And that's why a lot of people, well, including myself, I thought it would go to five games. This Trailblazers at least stealing one because... In the beginning of the series, they said KD would be out maybe the first two games, but that's about it. But he yeah. was out the entire series, and the Warriors were like, no problem, no KD, no no problem. And it sh- the numbers show because throughout this I- entire Warriors team, when KD joined them, they've been 31-1 and without KD. Yeah. I remember uh, Nick Wright, he was talking about like how um, the Warriors are a way better team without KD a few years ago. Everybody was giving him slack about it, but... When you look at how the team plays with Steph, especially with Steph, I think his game, the way that he plays without Kevin Durant, he's the more of the focal point on the offense. So that means he's going to get more shots. That means that he's going to be looking to get his. Whereas when Katie's there, I think Draymond summed it up perfectly. Everybody's kind of a little passive. Everybody's kind of more so just like feed KD, feed KD. And you know that like, okay, we got Kevin Durant. He's kind of like our crutch. 
and we just don't have to worry about anything except playing defense and making sure that we take care of, uh, you know, business on, you know, mainly the defense and rebounding uh, end. Yeah, and when KD's playing, Curry's, like, his numbers aren't really there. But without KD, his numbers showed on the set line. He averaged 37 this series and shot 43% behind the arc, making 26 of them. <laughs> so within a four-game span, he made 26 of them, <laughs> averaging over six a game. Yeah. That is absolutely insane. Yeah. But, I mean, he was a two-time or one-time unanimous MVP, and then he won back-to-back. So it was, like, kind of reminding the NBA world that, hey, I'm Steph Curry. I mean, yeah, but my thing is, like, that that's the brilliance of Steph to where, like, he can mix in he knows how to like where he could just be passive when KD's there. He still gets his like he you know he can still average like twenty like solid twenty points. It's just that he's not getting the shot attempts. So when KD's not there, he has more of an opportunity to find a rhythm to be able to you know flow within. He can you know throw up a few heat check shots and like I said, he's the focal point of the offense. So he's the guy that they're going to be looking to to score because every now and then we know Clay can be inconsistent. We haven't really expected the numbers out of Draymond Green. He's, you know, been trending up upward on on the offensive end, and we already know what he can do defensively. But I saw him at, like, two triple-doubles this series. Draymond, I, I think, was just, like, a huge key component because not only the energy that he brings, not only the, 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 the leadership that he brings, but just he seems like he's trying to mature and he shows that he can mature when he wants to. Every now and then he goes all crazy, but he he shows that mentally he can be focused when you need him to be. Exactly, and and, and that's the brilliance behind Draymond Green. Is like, see, the thing is, he's kind of like a Patrick Beverly. You love him when he's on your team, but when you're playing against him or he's on a team, you absolutely hate him. Same thing with like Ron Artest or something. Right. Like, yeah. Somebody crazy, but at the same time, somebody who you know is gonna do wonders for you and he's going to be a benefit to your team and and just a an annoyance to the opposition right and Draymond Green's triple-double he had one in game four and so did Steph Curry and this was actually the first time in NBA history that a pair of teammates had triple-doubles in the playoff games it's kind of weird set. like I, you'd think that two teammates would have a triple-double in the same game or like you think it'd be done before but they were the first one and then let's talk about a little bit about the Blazers side of things Damian Lillard nowhere to be found well i mean it, it wasn't that he was nowhere to be found but it's just like people that people expected him to do a lot more than especially after that oklahoma city series i think that was his highlight point i mean i heard like a lot of different people saying that every now in your career you kind of need like a moment to where you show people like hey i was pretty good when i was playing and i think him hitting that shot on paul george was like oh my gosh like if you didn't know how good damian lillard was that series showed you exactly how good he was. But when he got matched up in this series against the Warriors, they did a great job of doing similar to what the Pelicans did last year. They would double-team him, and they would force the ball out of his hands and force his teammates to have to do something. And when you got teammates, you like know... Alfred Camino. Alfred Camino, but I mean, not, not even trying to be disrespectful, no. but... At the same time, it's like you look at the team overall and how they match up against the Warriors, and even without Kevin Durant, it's still a big gap. There. And that's the brilliance with Steve Kerr is like game planning for that, making other guys the role players beat you. And 
at one point they almost did with Myers Leonard, who scored 25 in that first half. And Myers Leonard was having a hell of a game, but yeah, with him, with with Myers Leonard, he had to step up because Cantor was injured and Nurkic out for the season. Somebody had to step up as far as you know, provide that presence on the inside. And if Dame is not going to be averaging the numbers that he usually averages, somebody has to pick up on the offensive end. So it was mainly just like CJ every now and then, Myers Leonard as well. But like I said, neutralizing and like Rodney Hood or yeah, something Rod- yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rodney Hood, big time off the bench as well. Yeah. Uh, this uh, entire postseason, which I thought was really good for him, uh, especially coming off the season that he had last year, mm-hmm. where he didn't really feature a whole lot in the NBA Finals. It was just it, like everybody who was on that Cavs team that was considered a quote unquote role player or really wasn't considered good enough. All of a sudden, you see George Hill was flourishing in the playoffs. You see Rodney Hood was flourishing in the playoffs. And just, it was good to see for me because I was like, well, I mean, that shows that these guys were pretty good. So it just shows that the coaching staff of the Cavs and they the, weren't their roles weren't being utilized well last season. The fact that both the, or the fact that the Blazers got Rodney Hood for a second round pick only was mind blowing to me but I guess when you look at the numbers and what he did do last season or I should say what he didn't do because mm-hmm. he didn't get the minutes and stuff and even watching him on the Utah Jazz like he was a stud over there yeah he's somebody who offensively I think like he can get you a bucket like a lot of guys in the NBA are really solid at just going out and getting offense like instantly but the thing that I felt like with the Blazers is, is that they were just, again, you have Dame, you have CJ, but you're just missing that one third guy. And what's crazy and ironic to me is, is that the Warriors are playing against the Trailblazers and the Trailblazers um, could have potentially had Kevin Durant if they didn't mm-hmm. draft Greg Oden. Yeah, instead. that's so that's it, what always is going to be like a constant. Not only that, but also the Sam Bowie thing too, and Michael yeah. Jordan. Like yeah. <laughs> they just got those two what, hanging over their heads. Yeah. So at the end of the day, it, it's kind of like pretty ironic that the team that you went out to didn't even have the player that you could have potentially had. Right. Because imagine if they would have CJ, Dame, and KD. That would at least be a lot better to see them three go up against Steph, Clay, and Draymond. Oh, yeah. Well, now talking about the Warriors and KD, like, he might be on the move this offseason. So, even if the Warriors don't have him, do you think this Warriors team can still put up the the games that they put up today and still have that firepower in offense and even defensively? Um, would the Warriors still have that without Kevin Durant? Going forward into next season or into Going the forward finals? into the next season. Oh, okay. So next season, I figure that the problem with them is going to obviously eventually be money. I mean, that's the beauty of being in the salary cap era is that you have these small windows to be able to go to the finals like five straight seasons like they've done. You have these small windows to be a championship caliber team before you know somebody's going to start complaining about money and then that's going to break things up. And then next thing you know, a team that was once at the height of their entire franchise history, because the Warriors, if we look at their history, besides 2014-15, prior to that, they were like the lovable loser. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Nobody really knew about the Golden State Warriors. So them now having this period, this sort of a renaissance for them is great, but all things must come to an end. So, you know, eventually... It's going to end. Eventually, they're going to get 
you know, either knocked out or a player's going to leave, and that's going to kill their chemistry. And, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I, I honestly don't think it'll affect them as much as what people are saying. Um, obviously, yes, you're losing Kevin Durant, arguably a top to even arguably the best player in the league. Yeah, but like you, like we've been talking about, like they seem to be playing better without him. Exactly, and the, and the numbers say so. Thirty-one and one in thirty-two games, they've only lost <laughs> one game. So, like that that number just as isn't there. As, as long as they keep the guys, like as long as they lock up Clay, as long as they lock up Draymond, and they keep those three happy together, and they just add on to with the bench because that was their big thing was that yeah. they had those three and they had a great bench but but see being the Warriors I think you can get those older guys like how they had before the JaVale McGee's the David West on those veteran minimums because mm-hmm. you know that you have those everybody older wants, guys yeah everybody yeah, wants trying to get the rings yeah, exactly trying to get the so I, I don't think getting a player or a role player or bench player is that bad. And honestly, they've been fighting diamonds in the rough and Kevon Looney, Quinn Cook. They have been drafting really well. So, Jordan Bell. Jordan well. Bell. Who they traded for for cash. For cash. I mean, that was that worked out pretty nicely. So it's like they're doing a great job up there in Oakland. Mm-hmm. Um but what about KD's past two rings? Let, okay, let's say he wins a third ring with the Warriors. How much does it mean for his resume when talking about the best player of all time? I mean, it's it's if he's if he's available and he plays a key part, which he has been doing like these past few finals. He's been the finals MVP the past two years. But if he's not there and they go on to win it, I think that is gonna, you know, make everybody be like, Okay, so they didn't really need you. So Right. What it I I've I've been saying it. His quote-unquote legacy in the NBA is going to be solidified when he is able to lead a team to a championship. Whether it's in New York, whether it's in some small market team, whatever, I think that his story will be told when he's able to do that. And Because to me, that's what sets him apart from LeBron. It's like everybody can talk about how LeBron left Cleveland and went to Miami, but what solidified LeBron's career was going back to Cleveland and winning that and being mm-hmm. the person at the top leading the way, leading the charge. Not to say he wasn't, you know, one of the best players when he was at Miami. Mm-hmm. It's just that when he went back to Cleveland and he was able to take a team like that and help them win in that small of a market, their first championship in that region in God knows how long, like over 50 years. That that's a storybook ending. That's something that you know you want to see happen, and you know a lot of people are hoping and praying that he does not resign with the Golden State Warriors, and he finally decides that hey, I want to prove to everybody that not only do I think I'm the best player in the NBA, but I am absolutely 100% the best player in the NBA, hands down, bar none. Right, and I think as of right now, in my eyes, when it's all said and done, he will be going down as the best offensive player. In NBA history, that's I mean the career has to pan out, but the way he's been playing his entire career, I think it will. He can score in every single way possible, but when it comes down to legacies of the greatest of all time, I think these past two rings and if they win the third ring this year, I I don't think they're credible, <laughs> just because he joined a 73 and nine team that he was up three one against and ended up going to the Golden State Warriors. So I think until, like you said, until he actually goes out and leads a team on his own, um, his legacy 
won't be talked about as the greatest of all time. Yeah, and I've heard like because that right now I would I would say that like you said I, he to me is one of the best. The reason why I won't like outrightly give him the greatest score of all time is because I feel like. There's always going to be somebody else who's going to come around. Oh, no, yeah, but I'm saying, like, as of, like, <laughs> oh, right oh, now. Oh, yeah, yeah, right now. Okay, yeah. I mean, we, can, we can't yeah, see the yeah, future oh, now. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But, um, but then also, like, like yeah, just the, the variety of moves and how his game is, like, shaped like a guard. Like the, guy, about- the guy is seven feet tall and can move like a point guard, taking whether it's power forwards or centers. Off he dribble. takes them off the hezzy yeah. crossover and he to the rack pull, or and pull up. And he has up. a jump shot yeah. like, like a guard. Like exactly. The, the fundamentals and the, is, is And the fact that he's, there. like, 6'11", seven, seven foot, whatever it is, like, a point guard can't even guard him, too. Cause, exactly. And because he has a high release point, too. So yeah. shoot over anybody. So that that's just how... Kevin Durant is. Um, so let's move on to the Eastern Conference now. We got Bucks and Raptors. Raptors were down 2-0. Ended up coming back to win four games in a row and won the series 4-2. Kawhi is just playing on a different level right now. Like, put, like putting his name in the best player in the NBA conversation right now. The way he's been playing. The best, I think, hands down. Like, no debate. Best two-way player in the game right now. Yeah, I would say so. I would say so just because um, of his impact. The way that I don't – because remember, he was coming off an injury. He was coming off an injury. And so when I was seeing people in the offseason say, like, putting out their top fives, their top tens, and no Kawhi was there, I was like, whoa, wait a second. Where, where Where's Kawhi Leonard? Like, everybody completely forgot that this man existed mm-hmm. all because he got traded to Toronto. But the thing that I found so amazing is how – Toronto, all they did really is just take one star player and upgrade it to a top three, top five, you know, top, top caliber. Three for yeah, sure. yeah, top three probably for sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know, definitely top five. But that type of player for DeMar DeRozan, I mean, that completely changed their whole entire franchise to me because I feel like he brought a presence to them that – you know he's seen he he his demeanor to me is just so great on the court because he never gets up too much like sometimes you would see DeRozan and Lowry when they would you know think that they had a chance against LeBron in the playoffs they would be feeling themselves they would be feeling kind of high or throughout the regular seasons they would be feeling kind of high like oh man we can do this we can do this but then as soon as they stepped on that court against LeBron or when they got into the playoffs, it was like LeBron a effect. totally different. Like, it was like yeah. a totally different thing happened. Like snap of a finger, completely changed, and they were not the same players in the playoffs. But when Kawhi came in, that's what I always kept saying throughout this season was like, okay, I, I know the Raptors are good, but I want to see how they play in the playoffs. And they had a slow start. They had a slow start, which is like typical Toronto. But the great thing about it was I felt like Kawhi impact in defense, impact in offense. And like you said, since that Sixers series on, I feel like his game has just gone on a totally different level offensively. And going back to his injury, in game three and four, he was hobbling because of the amount of work and amount of, like, work, sorry, workload that he he's had to put on to just carry this team throughout that Sixers round and then throughout the Milwaukee round as well. So, like, his injury was starting to get to him. And what I've noticed was, is especially in that Sixers series, is he started, like, trying to play hero ball. 
Yeah. He just started trying to take over. Like, he'd be getting triple teamed, but he don't give a shit. He would, like, pull <laughs> up from mid-range, and sometimes it would go in. But, yeah. like, at the yeah. same time, like, you have great role players around you. Pascal Siakam, who they, can hit that corner they probably three. probably have the best. They, the, the thing that I said about, like, all the top teams in the East was that I felt that like everybody said that the Sixers have the best starting five, but the Raptors have the most depth. Mm-hmm. And then with the Bucks, everybody was saying that they have an MVP in Giannis. And, you know, who's going to be able to stop Giannis? Because everybody knows if you stop Giannis, that's going to force the other guys to have to step up. And for a while there, you know, in those first two games, you had Brooke Lopez going out of his mind, going crazy. You had uh, Chris Middleton, who was pretty solid. But I think once they put the onus on Giannis and stopped him and forced other guys to try and beat them, you just... I just felt like that wasn't going to be sustainable. It's like, no way Brooke Lopez is going to be scoring, like, 30-something points. I mean, he scored 29 <laughs> in that first in game one. That's what I mean. I'm like, he's not going to average that yeah. in the whole entire series, you hope. And the same thing with Milton. It's like, Milton, a good, solid, uh, all-star caliber player, don't really see, like, him doing anything. But I also felt like the big downfall for um, Milwaukee was just the fact that they were just they were just missing some sort of other option to relieve some of the, the 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 stress and kind of free up Giannis because the spacing and that, that, I think the, I think that was Middleton. Yeah, Middleton didn't have a great series at all. I think he averaged something around like thirteen point six, thirteen point seven points a yeah. game, which is not going to get it done if you're the number two option. And if you're trying to get you know resign, you know a big, right. a big payday. So like honestly, I would say probably that the second best player in that series is either Brooke Lopez or. Um, George Hill. Yeah. George Hill came off the bench and played at his some mind. At, at, I, I was thinking that Budenholzer was going to just bench uh, Eric Bledsoe at some point because while, yeah, he's there for defense and, you know, we'll get into, you know, the fact that he made, like, I think he was, like, all first defensive team. first team. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, yeah, he was good for, you know, defensive-wise, but he gave absolutely nothing on the offensive Mm-mm. end. The fact, like, that, the fact that Kyle Lowry scored 30 in game one and then – Kyle Lowry actually had a great series, and especially for Kyle Lowry not knowing or knowing that he's not played well in the playoffs. Yeah, historically. Yeah, yeah so the fact that he actually, like, strapped up and it was like, you know, I'm Kyle Lowry. I'm yeah. the number two option on this team. I need to get my shit done. I'm trying to go to the NBA Finals. But the great, and, the and great, he did that. Yeah, the great thing about Toronto also, their setup, is that Lowry actually isn't the second option. Siakam has kind of, like, well, I would say like the the throughout the regular season, Siakam somewhat took the pressure off of Lowry to be now. The now, see, option. is that because? Yeah, yeah, I could. See, I I agree with that. But is that because people didn't know what to expect from Siakam? Kind of a thing, like this he was did, like, this have, is coming out season, yeah, so people like, really didn't know who Siakam was. Obviously, they're gonna start game planning differently come next season. Yeah. So I so, think that that could be a factor. That's why I said like. Him, him, somewhat kind of like taking like that third to mid, like between the second and third mm-hmm, spot, mm-hmm. is a great fit for him because that's that's where I've always felt he should be. He's not a guy who you can rely upon to like come in Kyle Lowry. That is to come in and just like be like a main like guy, like a number two or number one. He needs to be like that number three. Maybe he could be a number two, but that's like really pushing it. Like, I always felt like he was a number three sort of guy because he's not, like, a point guard on the level of Steph, on the level of... I mean, like, he's not... In, Kyrie. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't think, like, people... Like, he like, can't really, take over a game by himself. Yeah, I don't think... Like, he's, he's not a go-to scorer. Not in the playoffs, at least, no. Yeah. But he definitely, like you said, he stepped up huge. He was a big-time reason because 
people forget, like you said, Kawhi was dealing with injury, but it was a lot of times where he would go to the bench where Kyle Lowry would be stepping up, Siakam would be stepping up, Gasol would be stepping up, Ibaka would be stepping up. And, like, the whole team and all the role players would be the ones taking, like, the helm. And Kawhi would be able to get his rest. Which was about damn time. And then be able to come back. And then be able to come back in and then, you know, close it out in the fourth quarter. And this was the whole thing I was saying in previous episodes is that this Raptor team can't go anywhere unless the role players in the bench step up like Kawhi is gonna burn himself out and you clearly saw that when he was started hobbling yeah and guys like Fred Van Fleet who is uh one of the top finalists for six man of the year last year didn't show up at all and then kind of crazy fact but after his son was born yeah he just went off like his crazy yeah his stats were going going off but yeah Kawhi just he's even though even though he was struggling and dealing with injuries, he still went off. Like, in game six, he had 27 points, 17 rebounds, and seven assists. And then in game five, he had 35 points in 40 minutes and scored and assisted on 62 points, which is the most in his career. So that's why now and, – and then coming to the bench, you have guys like Norman Powell, Ibaka. Who, oh, yeah, I almost forgot about Norman Powell. Yeah, who didn't do jack shit the first two games. And then the last four games, they finally rallied. And Powell had a plus minus of 29 in game four. And Ibaka had a plus minus of 24. And Van Vliet had a plus minus of 25. So that, and that's that even, in itself. Yeah, and then like, you don't even like, mention even like other guys like Danny Green or. Well, like, Danny Green was kind of. Uh, yeah, yeah, he, yeah. He, he, yeah, he but I'm saying, I'm saying like at any time, like the depth of this team is that. Right. You don't necessarily need like Kawhi and Siakam and Lowry to always be on their game every night. Well, you need Kawhi to at least like give you like, you know, 25, 30, yeah, something like that. Yeah. But what you're going to need in this finals is that you're going to need that, that depth, that bench. And like, like we were talking about with the Warriors, it was a lot of times like Leandro Barbosa would be coming off the bench and like helping them. Mm-hmm. Sean Livingston would come off the bench and help them. Andre Iguodala would come off the bench and help them. Like, they would always have, like, it felt like a different guy stepping up each and every single night in the final in the finals and in the playoffs that would help them get over the edge. So that's the same thing, ironically, that's going to have to be the case for the Toronto Raptors. They're going to have to need these guys to continue this momentum into the finals. They can't, like, like that year uh, in 2012, I think, when uh, OKC took on uh, the Heat. The Heat, yeah. James Harden just disappeared. <laughs> like he, like throughout that whole playoff run, he had been crucial off the bench, six man of the year, and he just didn't show up, and that kind of like hurt them. And it might be the spotlight being too big, and sometimes, he, he, sometimes it is because when you have that, that 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 realization of this is for this is for this is it, like this is for a championship. Like the whole world, like all eyes everybody are on is you. Getting, everybody is watching. Everybody is watching because, like you know, it's the finals. And especially against Miami back then, who was like the villain team. Yeah. And like everybody was rooting for OKC. So, mm-hmm. and I think in this way too, Warriors yeah, every, are. Yeah, yeah. You, Warriors are the monsters. Yeah. Like I checked. <laughs> and, uh, like they, like they they did like a one of those. Uh, nationwide polls like to see like what every state is like who which team everybody's rooting for and basically like only like california and nevada and i think like some parts of hawaii are rooting for golden state and everybody else is just rooting for toronto yeah 
That, and Toronto's not even a. <laughs> not like, not even yeah. in the United States. Not even. Not even. That's what's crazy. But uh, also, like, um, I saw like a stat that said like in their one hundredth playoff game, uh, they booked their ticket to the finals and they scored in that game. I think it was like ninety four to one hundred points. They scored like a, a hundred points exactly. And what's crazy is that they beat uh, Milwaukee in six games. In the six. Oh yeah. <laughs> so yeah, oh, something that I saw that I was like, oh shoot, that's so crazy. But yeah, I mean, I feel like this is gonna be a series where if Kevin Durant can't go, it really kind of opens things up because it's gonna put a lot of pressure on Golden State to have to focus in on Kawhi and trying to stop him. And like we said, that's why to, they need KD. Trying to, trying to force, trying to force other guys to be better because if KD's there. He could just guard Kawhi, or you could have, or you can maybe like switch off, have Draymond guard him, Clay maybe guard him a few possessions, whatever the case may be. But you still have somebody who can go toe to toe offensively, which is going to be the big case because mm-hmm. NBA is mainly just about offense because defense is crucial. Don't get me wrong, defense is crucial and critical, but it's all about like, can your top player go against my top player, and who's going to come out on top? I'm gonna be honest here. I don't. I don't think the role players for the Raptors are going to step up in the finals. I just think guys like Draymond and DeMarcus Cousins, he's already practiced. He's a full participant in practices, so I'm pretty sure he'll be back for the finals. So and- At least probably, like, maybe game two. But the crazy thing is, like, with DeMarcus coming back, I don't think that's necessarily a great thing for the Warriors because right. he hasn't really been doing anything spectacular. Like, I guess more maybe, just like I guess maybe, more like rebounding purposes. That yeah, that would be the only yeah. reason. Offensively, I don't think, and I think that's probably something they him? talked do about. Do you start him at this point? Because I would more so be looking to bring him off the bench, like put him with the second unit, and like he would help you out there. But like put him in the starting lineup. So right so away. who's running center for the Warriors then? I would just keep things the way that they've been. Like you you with you, start, you started at, at you started with you know or Draymond Kevin Looney. Yeah, put Looney there, and then like you have a. Draymond is small forward, Clay shooting guard, Steph there, and then maybe you put Iguodala in as well. Yeah. Oh, but against Gasol, Ibaka, Siakam, that rebounding is going to be tough, I think. Yeah. It's going to be a little tough for them, so I think that's when they are going to need uh, to mark cuts. But I do agree with, like, it could disrupt the flow of their offense trying to in- insert to Marcus Cousins. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it'll be that big of a deal. And I just – because I, I don't see the role players stepping up for the Raptors. I really don't. Because, okay, I mean, let's say yeah, yeah, let's say I, KD I, comes back. You put KD right. on Kawhi. Right. You got Draymond on Siakam. I think he's locking him up. Yeah, I think so. And then – or even – and then Lowry, you can put Steph on him. Or Clay Thompson. I would and more then, so put Clay on him. Yeah, so put Clay on him. Okay. And then Steph, on Danny Green. Yeah. Steph's just going to sit in the corner. That's what Danny Green's going to do. And so he's right. basically just going to rest on defense. So that's what I'm saying is, like, I don't think – and then off the bench, you got Iguodala, who's playing his mind out on defense. He's looking like finals MVP, oh, yeah. Iguodala. Iguodala. Yeah. So, I, I, I just don't see this Raptors team. I'm, I'm pulling for them, but I don't see them. I think my prediction is going to be Warriors in five. Warriors in five? Maybe would, six. Just maybe because six. Maybe just because the Raptors have home court advantage, which is crazy because the Warriors not having home court advantage in the finals <laughs> with this roster. It was, it's crazy. I mean, the last time the Warriors were in the finals and didn't have KD, they didn't end up winning it. So, I don't know. My thing is, is just, like, 
I would not sleep on this Raptors team. Like you said, I, I'm not really expecting a whole lot out, out of the role players at this stage in the campaign, but I'm just expecting something crazy to happen. I'm expecting Kawhi to go off. I'm expecting something crazy, like maybe like somebody else goes down hurt for the Warriors, or maybe somebody gets a, a suspension or something. Like I don't know, because the last time that the Warriors did not have Kevin Durant, they looked like they were dominating the Cavs, and then out of out of nowhere. They just completely lost themselves. Well, that was because I think Game Six was a huge factor because Draymond Green was suspended. Right, right, right. And right. I think he's what two technicals away from being suspended. That's what I'm saying. Like, so I'm saying, like could... everybody's thinking like that this could just be like a whitewash, but I wouldn't sleep on it because, like I said, the last time this team was in the finals without Kevin Durant, it didn't go too well for them. So, and that could be the trigger that causes KD to maybe go out the door. Maybe. Um, so let's. So what was your prediction? How many games? I'll say go seven. I'll take the Raptors. Seven. I'll take the Raptors. Wow. Seven. Okay. I'll All right, you Raptors. hear it. I'm going out. <laughs> now, will it happen? Will it happen? Probably not because, you know, you also got to factor in that if Golden State does win, like I said, they'll have they'll become another team that has gone back to back to back. Three peats. Yeah. yeah. Which is like something I think that hasn't been done in this from the 2010s all the way up to 2019. I don't think any team has done that yet. I think the last team that did it was uh, the Lakers, actually, with Kobe and Shaq. Yeah, back in 2000, or, yeah, it was 2000 to 2003. Yeah, I think that was the last team that ever did it. Yeah. So, been a long that's, time. Why I said, that's why I said that, like... But I think if any team were to do it, and within the span of that 2000 range to 2019, this Warriors team would be that team to do yeah. it. Yeah, so you're probably, yeah, it's probably going to be Warriors probably winning. I mean, I'm hoping. I don't think a lot of, nobody wants the Warriors to win unless you're obviously a Warriors fan. But, like, I wouldn't. Like I said, they're the villain of the NBA. Like, nobody wanted Miami Heat to win. I just wouldn't be surprised at all if Toronto pulls something out. I just wouldn't be surprised, especially well, after everything we've seen in these playoffs. I wouldn't we'll, be surprised. We'll have to wait on it. Um, well, as of right now, we're recording this Wednesday evening, so Thursday night will be game one in Toronto. So we'll have to see how it pans out. But let's take a quick commercial break, and we'll be right back. We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of The Passenger Side. I'm back for a new season with more music, more topics, and a whole lot of complaining. Tune into my show Thursdays at 8 p.m., only on Titan Radio. I would steal All right, so sticking on the subject of the NBA, we'll round it off with the all-NBA teams. We have the all-rookie teams, we have the all-defense team, and we have, obviously, the all-NBA teams. So let's start off with the all-rookie teams. We got on the first team, Luka Doncic, Trey Young, DeAndre Ayton, Marvin Bagley, and Jaron Jackson Jr. This is the top five picks of this past draft, and this is the first time it's ever been done since 1985, and that happened to be... Michael Jordan's draft. So it was Michael Jordan, Sam Bowie, Elijah Wan, Charles Barkley, and Sam Perkins. So kind of crazy start of the day right there for you. Maybe, maybe, uh, do, do you see any of these guys, uh, becoming like, like legend, like legends of the game, maybe potentially? I think Luca will just because he has that European background too. So it's kind of like, 
on top not only just coming out of college coming overseas like kind of how the dirk thing is like how mm-hmm. dirk is mm-hmm. considered the greatest european or like greatest mm-hmm. international player of all time luca can kind of be in that conversation too and the guy averaged 20 points a game this season as a rookie the funny thing about it is that he said it's so much easier to score in the nba than it is in europe <laughs> i was like yo <laughs> And this is kind of going off topic, but RJ Hampton, the number five prospect coming out of high school, just announced that he's going to be playing overseas rather than college to get that experience and obviously to get paid. So that could be a trend that, that we is, see towards I mean, the NCAA. That's, that's already where we've been seeing a lot of uh, young guys do it. Because like we, Emmanuel Moutier did it too, playing in China. And even like, like um, what's his name? trying to think of his Brandon uh Jennings Brandon Jennings did mm-hmm. the same thing as well like I mean a lot of guys sleep on the uh on the European international players yeah international thing but like if you can go and get that experience because not only would you be getting experience playing against you know grown men but at the same time you would be getting paid paid and you would also be able to be a professional you know yeah. like, I mean like Cause a lot of dudes like they just think like when you like the good the, the only thing I'll say like is better about going to college is if you have the opportunity to go to Kentucky and learn from Calipari, a Duke, learn from Shashetsky, you know, Syracuse with Bayheim, whatever. Like go and be coached by a legendary coach. That's like the only thing that I would say would maybe lure you in to go the college route besides. Or, or, like, maybe if a family member wanted you, like, to go in to their school that they went to and continue their legacy or something like that. Right. But, like, besides that, I don't really see, like, the, like, college is cool and all, but if you're only going to be there for one year and you're not going to be making any real money and the whole point and goal is to, like, you know, get to the NBA, then go go the international route. Right. And that, that might be a trend that we start seeing unless the NCAA starts paying their athletes but um so all rookie team unanimously was Doncic and Trey Young they were both unanimously uh chosen for the first team and the second team was Shea Gilgis Alexander Landry Shamit the Clippers duo and then Colin Sexton who had a great second half of the season Mitchell Robinson and Kevin Huerter so the funny thing is like I didn't even know about Kevin Huerter <laughs> I didn't, you didn't even know, know who I he was. I didn't know who he was but then I was like oh yeah I've seen that dude on the uh on the Hawks, Hawks yeah yeah I didn't well, know I don't who think he a lot was. of people really did. Know. Like I didn't know I didn't even like when I saw his name that got mentioned in the second team, you would have thought like you know, like Wendell Carter or, you know, somebody else would have got that spot. But it was yeah. like So I, I okay. think instead of so Kevin Werther averaged nine point seven points per game on seventy two percent. So I thought someone that should have been in this place is Alonzo Trier, who's on the Knicks. Um mm-hmm. Went undrafted mm-hmm. and balled out this season. Average ten point nine on forty five percent shooting, so it was a little better. But um, Kevin Huerta obviously play, played more games, so had more total points. So I don't know if that was a factor when coming to the voting decision. I mean, I don't ever know what the factor is because a lot of no, times we're, we're going to talk about the the voters, man. <laughs> we're going to go. Oh, we're getting. Oh well, yeah, we'll get into it. But, um, yeah. but yeah, so that's only the real snub I have, and then maybe Kevin Knox. But I think Trier deserves it more than Kevin Knox. The only reason I said, like, Wendell uh, Wendell Carter is because I felt like he had a big part defensively Mm -hmm. on uh, the Bulls. And I just felt like this guy is, you know, somebody who they can maybe not build around, per se, but, like, use as, like, 
He could be I, a part of like a trio or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. He, he could be, be he could be like that three. defensive anchor that yeah. you look for, and like, like a Rudy Gobert or something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not comparing you, him to you, Rudy you, Gobert, you, you, but. All, you need that defensive guy, like like we were talking about with Draymond Green. Like you need that guy who's just gonna go crazy and go out all out on defense. So do you have anybody from the first team that should be on the second team or second team on the first team? Um, I feel like I like the first team, but like. The, the second team is pretty interesting. Like you mentioned, like the two uh, the Clippers on there with Gillis Alexander and uh, Shamit. Two uh, Ricky Mitchell starters. Robinson. Mitchell Robinson actually like surprised me. Like as far as like him, like he kind of balled out. Like he started out like really. Yeah, he didn't get a lot of minutes. Yeah, that's why. Yeah. And then towards, and then towards they the finally end, realized yeah. who Mitchell Robinson <laughs> was. So I think he was well deserving. But yeah, the only the only name that I was shocked that didn't get in. Well, not shocked, but like I thought he was going to be in there. As soon as he got drafted, was Wendell Carter. Yeah, so that was the only one. I mean, I think in during like the rookie photo shoots and all that, he was voted as the one to have the best career out of all rookies. It's kind of interesting, but I mean, we'll see. Yeah, like, we'll see. We'll see. All right, so then all defensive teams. We got the first team. We have Giannis. We have uh, Paul George, Eric Bledsoe, Marcus Smart, and Rudy Gobert. Second team. We have uh, Drew Holiday, who made the first team last year. We got Clay Thompson, Joel Embiid, Draymond Green, and Kawhi Leonard. So, uh, what do you think about these teams? Anybody that should be on the first team from the second team or vice well, versa? Well, with the Kawhi, at first I was kind of like, what? But uh, it makes sense because he, really he didn't play, play, play that a lot. Many, yeah, yeah, he didn't play that many games. Because um, these are all reg- based on the regular season. Yeah. Playoffs is not taking into exactly. account. Exactly, and I think that's 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 what kind of they should release it like right at the end of. The re- but I get why they can't do but that. But see, the thing is too is like they have this whole NBA awards thing now too mm-hmm. because back back then they used to uh, give the MVP trophy like before right. a playoff game. Right. or something I think like it was that. like the the finals. Oh no, it was the second round. I think it was game one of the second yeah. round when they usually did it. So that's the only thing is like. I don't know, but that's why. Because when you look at the playoffs and you be like, "Oh my god, how did Kawhi only end up on a defensive second team?" Yeah, but it's because he missed so many different you know games. But right, the only stuff like here are my snubs that I felt like probably could have got in at least into second team: um, Patrick Beverly, <laughs> Pascal Siakam, uh, PJ Tucker. I mean, Miles Turner honestly had a shout to maybe even get in there as well. Miles Turner, yeah, and then like the last one who was like. I think he just missed out on the voting. Like, uh, was Danny Green? I think he just missed out. Yeah, Danny it. Green's uh, one of those underrated three and D type dudes. Absolutely. Uh, but uh, yeah, Patrick Beverly. Again, I think going back to the Clippers, I don't think the Clippers were like would notice that much during the regular season until come playoff time, and maybe that's why people didn't notice Patrick Beverly, even though Patrick Beverly made a first team all defense when he was with the Houston Rockets but I, I don't know and, yeah, and, like, and he clearly showed taking the role of Kevin Durant although Kevin Durant went off but it's like the and dude's then, and like then even when like you look at the fact that the Clippers pushed them to like six games too right like, nobody and won two of the games in Oracle and won a game in which they trailed by 31 points right <laughs> so I mean but, but like, but, like it's, yeah it's so a regular that's, take that's what I mean yeah. that's what I mean that's so what I don't I mean. think people so, like noticed him no I don't think anybody was really paying attention to the Clippers be- throughout the season because they were more so so heavily focused on what was going on 
with the Lakers and like the, the Lakers, and not only that, but the Clippers weren't even supposed to make the playoffs. Exactly, nobody thought they were making exactly. the playoffs. I didn't think they were to win make the playoffs. forty-eight games. Exactly. So, so but at the same time, like with Pat Bev, I feel like he's one of those guys. Like if he would have been, like you said, like on one of those teams, that was like, like if he, if he if if you switch out Beverly for uh, Bledsoe on Milwaukee, he's in there one hundred percent. Yeah, he's in there. Yeah, because I sure. feel like Bledsoe made it. Because he was on that Milwaukee team, mm-hmm. like, let's be honest. Like, because a lot of these guys, even Marcus Smart, like Marcus Smart's a hell of a defender. Don't get me wrong. But, but if he was, the was, first he, was he team, was he was he like would he be there if he wasn't playing in Boston? That's that's my only know. thing. I don't know. I don't know. And then you said PJ Tucker got snubbed, right? I felt like he kind of he had zero votes, zero votes for first or second team, which is ridiculous to me, especially because James Harden received a first team vote. So that is <laughs> that's gotta ab- that's gotta that's gotta that's gotta hurt. Like who was voting? Like I don't know. I don't. I, I truly I don't, don't get it. I don't know on that one, but I just feel like. And then Jordan Bell got a vote. <laughs> <laughs> this guy played eleven minutes a game. Not he, I'm not knocking his play. No, like, no, he's no, a no. good player, he's, but like yeah, come but on. at the same time when you look to at- put on the same to be on the same list of snubbed players like Patrick Beverly, Miles Turner, Danny Green, like no way. And then Miles Turner, you did mention yeah, Miles he was, Turner. He was, he was uh he was pretty upset about that one. He, I heard I heard oh, yeah, he came out and tweeted. Yeah, he, was yeah he, was, he was heated. He was heated. He was like the real ones. No, it's mm-hmm. not though. But But Miles Turner he averaged one point four steals per game or steals and four point six blocks per hundred possessions. Again, I think people stopped watching Indiana after like, Old Depot yeah, went down. After Oladipo went down. That's what I mean, because, like... But if you, a lot, if when you, you get at, the right to vote right. for these awards, you have like, to be you putting know. that into, you know, into you your mind about, like, oh, even though, like... Because that's what I think. A lot of people just mainly pay attention, or a lot of these voters mainly pay attention to the teams that are hot and the teams that are doing well. Because other than Drew Holiday, uh, there's not really anybody else in there who wasn't on a team that didn't make the playoffs. Right. So that's what I mean. Like like I don't know if if you're not if you're not on a team that's not at least in contention to make the playoffs, I don't know if you're getting getting a look. Right. Okay, so then let's wrap it up with all NBA teams. Uh first team was Giannis and Harden, the obviously one of them are going to win MVP and they were, they were unanimously chosen or voted for the first team, and then you have Curry Paul George and Nikola Jokic. Second team, you have Joel Embiid, Kevin Durant, Damian Lillard, Kawhi Leonard, and Kyrie Irving. And then third team, you have Russell Westbrook, Blake Griffin, LeBron James, and Rudy Gobert and Kemba Walker. I mean, a lot of people are going to complain that LeBron shouldn't be there, but who are you going to put ahead of him as far as, like, all-NBA? Okay, so All don't NBA. give me LeBron small, Le- as far as small as far as forward position. Yes, yeah, so, okay. is there anybody who you would put ahead yes, of LeBron? Yes. All right, go ahead. For the simple fact, okay, LeBron put up the numbers. Don't get me wrong, twenty-seven points per game, eight and a half rebounds, eight and a, eight, almost eight and a half assists a game. But the guy played fifty-five games this season. That's almost missing thirty games in the season. That's almost a third of the games. Yeah, yeah. So. I, to be put on that All-NBA team, that that's a no for me. Like, he put up the stats. Don't get me wrong. I'm a King James fan, but <laughs> I, I don't think he should be on the All-NBA team. Um, I think someone, probably the most deserving of it, 
uh, out of the four yards is LaMarcus Aldridge. He played 81 games, 21.3 points per game. Yeah, I nine, heard people saying that. I heard people saying that he probably should have got in there. Or even like Tobias Harris. Like Tobias Harris didn't do that well when he was in um, uh, Philadelphia after the trade. But what he was doing with the Clippers, they were they held the top the best record in the league at one point at in one time. Point, yeah, they so were. So it's there. because Tobias Harris. Yeah. So th- those are two guys. I mean, yeah, his numbers went down drastically because obviously he's playing with Embiid, he's playing with Ben Simmons, he's playing with Jimmy. More Butler. players, more. You know, so maybe that's why people more, were more reluctant to put him on. Mm-hmm. Um, the All NBA team, but mm-hmm. Aldridge should be on there rather than LeBron James. Don't get me wrong, LeBron James is still the best player, arguably the best player in the league. But missing twenty seven games, that's a th- lot of games. That's a lot of games. That's like there, of there, games there's miss. no way you can be on that team in my eyes. Plus, you could argue that would the Spurs make the playoffs if Aldridge wasn't there? Right. Because even though they got DeRozan. He's very inconsistent this season. So. Right. So, I mean, he had a hell of a first half of the season, but he started dwindling down in LaMarcus Aldridge. That's when he took started off. Dipping, yeah. Like, so, yeah, I mean, I agree with that. Um, but, uh, the only the only player who I would probably say that I guess you could quote-unquote say maybe got snubbed was probably, uh, for me, I would say Bradley Beal. Mm-hmm. Just because, again, he's on the Wizards. The Wizards were garbage this season. Nobody was going to be paying attention to the Wizards all that much, but the dude was pretty solid. He like, was overall, like he was, like to me, I felt like. Who would you put him over though, Westbrook or Kemba? That's the that's the only that exactly the only two. that I mean, that last Westbrook, that last Westbrook guard spot is Westbrook did average a again, triple double. another triple double yeah and then Kemba was a monster as well so I mean and I think I think but either way NBA I feel team, like if they would have gone Bradley Beal if they would have gone Kemba Walker like I'm not I'm not saying like I'm yeah you I'm can't heated, be mad but I'm like either way is like but I'm sure Bradley Beal's heated because if he would have made like same thing with Clay Thompson if, if these guys would have made all in any of these three teams. They would have got paid huge. Yeah, they would have been eligible money. for Supermax. Huge. Which money. Clay Clay Thompson making or not making an all NBA team is a blessing in disguise for, for the, the Warriors. Warriors. For, for the, the Warriors. Warriors. Yeah. But it's it's if I'm if I'm Clay, I'm gonna be like, yo, really? Yeah, you, did you not see the interview after it came out? Oh, he yeah. was pissed. Yeah, he was He's like, eh, whatever. Yeah, but in his mind you have to admit, But no, like, you could tell he was like he was very like and eh, whatever, but in in his mind, like you could tell he was like, Yeah, they they don't know what they're talking about. Like I should be on there, but you know what, I don't care about all NBA team, I care about winning a championship. So I was like for sure he was pissed, but I mean, and that's the crazy thing, like talking about like when uh whenever you hear like an NBA player saying they don't know who they're talking about, they don't know who they're talking about in reference to the media members, journalists that are and, voting. Like, who are voting because yeah. a lot of times you get like a situation where uh like because i looked at like some of the names who get a vote and it's like oh my god really Let, let's talk about two players that got votes that absolutely blew my mind um first we'll talk about Dwayne wade oh yeah getting a vote yeah somebody gave i get him a vote. i get he it's his last season and he's retiring so maybe out of respect they gave it to him but but, well, but <laughs> when it comes to all nba team do that stuff for the all-star game and, and, he, and he did get that for yeah. the all-star game but when it comes to all nba team these are players careers on the line like their, their contract, contracts their, their salary could be set so it's like that oh, vote yeah. could have gone to someone else like you can't be wasting your vote and on them that's that's what i'm saying like uh, a few, what was it, like either two seasons ago, something like that, like the players had the option of voting who they wanted in the All-Star game, and they didn't really take it all that seriously. Like, I don't even, I don't think LeBron got a single vote from any of the players to be an All-Star. 
which which all the media members were like you know critiquing and saying like oh see this is what happens when you have players they don't take it seriously but like you could say the same thing about media members it's like so <laughs> they don't another, take nothing seriously another person voting another person who got voted marvin bagley got one vote on an all nba team wasn't he injured for like most of the season at some point? And he was a rookie, and not saying that like a rookie can never. No, get I'm on not NBA, saying that. But, but he, at the first of all, time, the Kings didn't make the playoffs. If they would have made the playoffs in the I top seed, I could see. maybe see that. But they didn't even make the playoffs. And then on top of that, he wasn't even top three on his team, or maybe he was a third option. We're talking about De'Aaron Fox, De'Aaron but, Fox. Buddy Hield. Maybe he was yeah. a third option. So it's like, what? Who is voting? That's what I mean. That's what I'll always say is that. They need to change that. That maybe they should have it to where, like, at least, like, if they had it to where it was like league officials voting, because you would expect, like, you know, NBA executives to be paying attention to their own league. You right. know what I mean? Like, at least, like, if it was like that, you could like say, like, oh, okay, the at least it's guys who know what they're talking about. They're in the league. They see these guys all the time. But when you have like media members. Like, what if it's, like, same thing with Dwayne Wade. Like, what if uh, uh, somebody who's a media member, oh, that's my favorite player. I'm going to always vote for my favorite player, no matter how good or bad he like, does. That's stupid. That's just, I don't know. They should probably change that. So, yeah. Do you have anybody on the teams you would rather change? Um, Honestly, that NBA second team, I think they could potentially beat that first team. I would say that a five on the, five. The, the second team... I think they could beat that first. Would team. match up very well. Like I would yeah. love to see the first team versus second team. They the should only, maybe. The only they, they should probably do that. Like, like maybe do like a little mini tournament. Yeah. Like I, and like maybe. I mean, we like we'd a, all love to see that, but I highly doubt it. Yeah, that's more games. Yeah, I know. Like, nah. I know. I know. Um, like it'd be like, like totally different from like All Star. You know, like we could have like right. a, uh, like a postseason weekend or something like that, to where like you could have these three teams face each other in like a little mini tournament or something like that. Um, only change I would possibly make, but I I wouldn't be mad because would because I mean he didn't play as many games as the guy on the first team is Jokic and Embiid. I think Embiid should have made the first team because he averaged twenty seven and a half points per game, thirteen point six rebounds, and almost two blocks a game. But he only played sixty four games, whereas Jokic. He put up 20 points per game. And I and think the Nuggets were in the second seed, too. Exactly. So, it's like, I, I can't be mad, but that's who I would have voted. So yeah. it's, But, I, I mean, I can't and it's under, And it's... See, that makes sense, though. Like, yeah. You know, I I can't, like, really, like, say, like, oh, like that'd I, be, like, a stupid pick or something like that. that. That makes sense to why you would, like, maybe, like, lean t- more towards, heavily towards Embiid. I only would more so lean towards Jokic was because, like you said, he didn't miss as many games. Yeah. So that's going to wrap up the NBA segment. We'll take another break, and we'll be right back to talk some MLB. There's never anything on the radio. I know. They always play the same five songs. Wait, is it 6 o'clock yet? Oh, yeah. It's Throwback Thursday. Turn it on. Throwback Thursdays at 6 p.m. to hear top hits and my favorite songs from the 2000s right here on Titan Radio. Alrighty, so moving on to Major League Baseball, All-Star voting format has been changed and they just released it, All-Star voting 
opened up Tuesday of this week. Um, the voting format's going to now go primary voting. It's like I said, it started Tuesday and it's going to end June 21st. The primary voting is basically going to determine the top three players at each uh, position, not pitchers, but like um, first base, second base, shortstop, third base, and you have catchers. And then it's going to go outfielders and it's going to take nine outfielders. So those top three vote getters at each position will be named as finalists for the all-star uh or for the primary voting and then among those finalists fans will then determine the starters from june 21st to june 27th they can vote um and they only get one vote to vote for one starter per position so with that being said me and Corey are going to go over our votes for the mlb all-star game i'll start it up go ahead all right so we'll take it to the american league first i feel like my catcher has to be Gary Sanchez, just because I like the production I'm seeing out of him. El Gary. <laughs> I mean, every time like he seems like he just gets better year by year. Maybe I could be wrong, but like I, I just feel like he's been such a huge part of like the Yankees. Like, like everybody talks about like Stanton and like, Judge, Judge, but most of the times those guys like will hit like the DL or the injury list. Like, right, you, you don't know, like, but Gary, Gary Sanchez has been their mo- like one of their most consistent, consistent players, star players, yeah, yeah. yeah so be. that I, I have Gary Sanchez as well. What about for uh, National League? I got Wilson Contreras Same from the here. Cubs. Same here. I feel like he's he's also up there as far as like saying like best catchers, not just in the National League, but probably up there as far as like overall in the entire Major League Baseball. I feel like whenever Rizzo or Bryant go through their stretch, where you know at some point they're gonna slump. But I feel like Contreras, defensive-wise, don't run on him because he will gun you out. Right. <laughs> but also, like, he's 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 got he, – I feel like he his bat, like, you never know with him. Like, he can – like, I've, I've seen him hit, like, some clutch hits, like, every now and then. So I feel like Wilson Contreras, he's, he's starting to become one of the best catchers out there. Uh, for first baseman, I got Jose Abreu in the American League and uh, Josh Bell in the National League. I think Josh Bell is like a runaway <laughs> with this season. With the season Josh Bell's having, he's like a runaway for that first baseman position in the Feels National like League. It. Feels like um, it. American League. I got Luke Bolt from the Yankees. He's yeah. he's having a great season over yeah. there too. He's like one of the guys that has been stepping up in the absence of Judge. Yeah, I was thinking of putting him there too, but I was just like, I don't want to like make this I like think, a whole Yankee. I know, right? Because. <laughs> Honestly, first baseman for American League was kind of tough because you had um, guys like C.J. Crone yeah. as well, too, who's yeah. having a hell of a season. Yeah. He also does a lot of damage in D.H. as well. Yeah. So, But uh, second base, I got uh, Brandon Lowe from the Tampa Bay Rays and uh, Cattell Marte from the Diamondbacks. So I have Cattell Marte as well, but for American League, I got to go with my boy Tommy LaStella <laughs> from the Angels. Dude, ha- he's been the best offensive player on this team for the for the season so far, leading the team in home runs. And Now, that's crazy because you would automatically think Trout. I mean, I think if Trout didn't have that injury for, what was it, two weeks, he would be. Yeah. But to think that Tom Listell has hit as many home runs as he has. And, and we're almost combined. at the midway point of right. the season. And it's been combined. From the past five seasons, he's hit more than that. So, yeah. so that's absolutely insane. Um, he's leading American League third baseman, or sorry, second baseman in home runs. So that in itself. And he's hitting over 300 as well. That's pretty good. Right. Um, third baseman, got to go with that boy Briggs, Alex Bregman from the Houston Astros. And then uh, I feel like 
no their basement. Ever. No, no one ever knocked. Yeah, on I mean, come on. I got the same thing. Bregman <laughs> has stepped it up as well. Uh, Jose Altuve hasn't had the best of seasons this year. Mm-hmm. Um, Bregman just was on that tear. Uh, I think like the last week he hasn't been doing too hot, mm-hmm. but I mean before that he was raking at the plate. Um, uh, shortstop, I got Javi Baez okay. for the National League, and then. American League, just because we on the nosebleeds, I got to go with my boy Tim Anderson. Tim Anderson? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Tim Anderson, because, yeah. Because we support Tim Anderson and how he's revolutionizing the game. Oh, yeah, yeah. And the celebration. I would love I would oh, yeah. love to see him on the All-Star team just to... Celebrate. Just to, just to <laughs> basically... Run and yeah, celebrate. For, yeah, for a bad flip, but also just to be, give like a big um, like F you to, yeah. all the, to all the haters <laughs> yeah, and doubters. Yeah, I see. Um... Yeah, I got uh, Javi Baez in there as well. I feel like he's slowly becoming one of the best defensive shortstops in the game. And uh, I'm going to go with a, uh, somebody who a lot of people probably didn't expect, but uh, another Yankee. Glaber Play, Torres. Torres yep. man. I feel like that dude, I mean, he's killing the Orioles by himself. He's like, hitting I, over 500 against the Orioles this season, and at, what was it, like 9 and or I know, home like, runs? I know that's not like saying a whole lot of the Orioles, but at the same time, but like still. this one guy is doing this right. by himself. And then the fact that he's kind of like, like I said, Judge and Stanton not being there, he's just all of a sudden putting right. his name out there. And shortstop in the American League, you got guys like... Um, Francisco uh, Lindor. Lindor, Correa, who just went down with the injury, though. Yeah. But at the same time, I feel like Gleyber Torres, he could maybe be, like, the next. I don't want to say, like, and I hate saying, like, oh, he's the next this, but, like, he could have that Correa effect. Like, nobody really thought, like, not thought, but nobody saw, like, Correa, like, just sprouting up like he did that fast. Yeah. Even though he was the first overall pick. Yeah, but, I mean, like, he just, like, he... he, But, and I think, I think Torres, he also, he, he... Got snubbed of the rookie of the year. I mean, it went to Shohei Otani, rightfully so. But yeah, at but the same I mean, time, the season that Torres had, like it could have easily gone to him as well. He's been pretty good. Yeah. Um, and then outfield is kind of t- tough for me because there's so many good players in the <laughs> so outfield many. in both in both so uh, leagues. Um, so American I'm, League got to go, go with my boy Mike Trout. Okay. Yeah. I, I think that's I got, pretty I got, obvious. Yeah, I got that too. Uh, and then George Springer. Yeah. Another guy who too. stepped it up big for that. I feel like it's all just going to be all Astros and Yankees. <laughs> <laughs> um, George Springer and then Eddie Rosario. Eddie Rosario? Yeah, okay. that's what I got. Because the Twins this season, oh my God. Yeah. They've surprised, I think, every single person that watches baseball. Yeah, I think I think so. Cause I mean, I, unless I you're a Twins fan. I don't think... <laughs> I don't think coming into this year, a lot of people expected them to like be up there. I honestly had them bottom at their division, or maybe second to bottom. Yeah, I think I, I, I think I, I, I think I think I kind of expected that sort of season for them. But to, but to to see them play this well, and then Eddie Rosario having the season that he's having, forty seven RBIs. I at could this definitely point. see him getting that nod. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I got Mike Trout and George Springer, like you mentioned. Um, but that last spot for me is a toss up between either Joey Gallo or Mookie Betts. I would probably more so lean right now to Joey Gallo. Joey Gallo's out, yeah. Just because I feel like he's had, like, the better overall season. But, I mean, Mookie, Mookie, I, I just feel like Mookie Betts. Uh, what was the stat like for Joey Gallo? It was like he hit 100 home runs faster than he hit 100 singles or something like that. <laughs> he's that's, just a home run guy. Yeah, that's just he's the just power that Joey guy. Gallo has. And uh, in the uh, NL. National League. Yeah, in the NL, um, I got... 
I feel like the Bellinger and Yelich are the, the, that's like, locked. Yeah, that's that's just locked because I mean Cody's just every time I look up, it's like oh he hit another home run. He hit another home run. Not it's even like, just a home run. He got another hit. Like that guy is just can't stop raking. His on base percentage is ridiculous, and his average. And Yelich is MVP candidate, like one hundred. It's literally, it's literally between it's those two. It's his, it's his to lose. Those two, I feel like. Yeah. And that's what's crazy to me is like I kind of felt like Bryce Hopper was going to be in that conversation as well. Like and Bryce Harper's not having a terrible season. It's, it's just, just that not, these guys are they're just having like going, crazy yeah. seasons. And then that last spot, I, I got feel like I got Charlie Blackman from the Rockies. I either got him, I either got Blackman, or it could I could maybe even maybe make a conversation for Jock Peterson. Maybe? Yeah, Jock Peterson. Like, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, I, I wouldn't be so like mad if like Charlie Blackman got in there. Yeah, but yeah, Jock Peterson he, he has stepped in, especially it. with how deep that outfield is. Yeah. Um. I mean, you got uh, AJ Pollock. You got Cody Bellinger. You got Jock Peterson. Like you got a lot. You can even of, like like I know he's naturally a first baseman. You can even stick Muncie out in the outfield too. Sometimes, I've seen that happen a few times. Yeah, yeah. but the I Dodgers, mean like, the, they just the have fact such that a versatile yeah. lineup. To and Dodgers. the fact that he hits that he hits leadoff a lot of the times in games and gets home runs like that. When your leadoff hitter is getting home runs, like that's hard. That's, that's <laughs> ridiculous. It's hard. But uh, but yeah, I I just think that uh, quickly. Who who do you like? I know it's a little too early, but who do you think is going to be up there for a World Series? Um, I think the Dodgers are going to be there again <laughs> in the National League. Yeah. And then for American League, originally in the beginning of the season, I said Red Sox, but oh my God, the Red Sox are not playing well at all. Um, so I might change that. I, I might, we, we could see a rematch. Astros, Astros, Dodgers. I wouldn't be surprised either. Um, because think about it. The Astros are playing this well. Without Jose Altuve playing well. And they're going to go through a stretch without Correa for a little while, too. He's going to be out for, like, four to six weeks. Yeah, but yeah. I, they... But, yeah, they should be able they to... They should be fine. Yeah. But I'm thinking that it's probably going to be... I wouldn't be surprised if we saw the Yankees. Or Yankees, And yeah. I think if they, like, just make a trade at the trade deadline to get something for that starting pitching, maybe the Brewers, like... Yankees not even starting pitcher. I think um, their bullpen needs a lot of work, and I, there's two guys that are free agents who have still not been signing. I know Craig Grimble, and I, I feel like I say this every single episode of our <laughs> podcast how he's still a free agent, and then you have Dallas Keuchel as well. Yeah, and I think he just came out. Dallas Keuchel, I think he just came out and said that uh, he's willing to sign for like one year, eighteen million. That's what, what I think he said, but like, it's crazy, like how like free agency works in like Major League Baseball. Yeah, like, like these are the two sports. guys on like guys the top of their like, positions, yeah. and they're, they're just sitting there, <laughs> free agency. just on the couch waiting for McPhone to ring. So I think I think the Brewers should hop on one of those players. For and sure. imagine imagine they get one of these guys because the Brewers offensively, offensively the Brewers. I think last year especially they were right there with the Dodgers. It's just that and they got they, they didn't got have the I don't know if they, they didn't have the pitching for me last year. But and they also year, got better offensively yes. as well, too. He's getting Moustakas. And uh, Yelich is again playing like Yelich, an MVP yeah. candidate. Jesus Aguilar, if he steps it up, and then Lorenzo Cain. And, yeah, like you said, Moustakas as well, yeah. Yeah, so it's like those, those guys, yeah. It's it's a top. I still think the Dodgers, just with how deep that lineup is and the way uh, Hinjin Ryu's playing. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know I mean? Clayton Kershaw like, hasn't even, like, really, like, you know, been there, but Ryu's just been holding it down right. as far as a starting pitcher. So, so it's, the only thing the only thing I would say, like, like the Yankees, 
are good right now, but they need to get healthy. Like, and that's the crazy thing is that they're half. good and they're not healthy. So just imagine if this team is healthy and the damage that they could do. Yeah, that's that's what I'm thinking. Like, if they can get healthy for that second half and that second half push, they will definitely give the Astros a run for their money. I think they, those two could meet up in the uh, the ALCS. Possible, very very possible. All right, so we are gonna wrap it up with the NFL. We're gonna give our way too early division predictions um I'm nervous <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah nervous. this is the thing about having a podcast is when you say it, it's on record yeah I'm so nervous. I'm nervous it's about this you gotta watch what you say um let's start off with the afc afc east all right patriots right i mean yeah i got them going i got them going 13 and 3 13 and 3 i feel like i feel like the regular season, they always go through that little dip at the start. You know what I mean? Like, in September. And I just feel like it's going to happen again. So, I, I have them going either 12 and twelve and uh, 3, uh, 12 and 4, excuse me. Either 12 and 4. They could finish, for me, anywhere between 12 and 4 and 10 and 6, and I wouldn't be shocked at all. All right. And... They'll do damage as long as they have number twelve <laughs> under center. As long as, as long as they keep him healthy. Yeah, and, and then the crazy thing do. is, is that they got Jamie Collins back too, and I think he was a huge factor. For I was so surprised when they traded Jamie Collins in the first place, and then to get him back now is. I think him, Jamie Collins, and Chandler were like the only two players. Like, cause you know, how like when you typically trade somebody from New England, they're not going to be the same player, right? think those are the only really two major key players that they still been playing at a pretty good high level even though and i think also who they who they freaking traded for was michael bennett <laughs> they got michael bennett from the eagles so, so. and then they got they got a stud in Nikhil harris or Nikhil harry sorry from uh, arizona state i think that the, it's gonna take at least like a couple of months for the defense to like you know get Get it to get it going because that's usually that's how that's it works. how the Patriots are. It's like they'll be struggling, and everyone's like, "Oh, maybe this is a downfall for the Patriots." Every single it's season, just the defense, and then it's just the, the fact that they have different guys coming in, especially on defense, because you know Belichick, he knows if I get my defense right, I don't really need to worry about the offense because Terrell's right. going to take care of it, and we really don't even rely on they also, they also we just lost rely their, on the, the running game. They also lost their defensive coordinator too, Brian Flores. So yeah, that that that's also going to be a big question mark for the defense as well. Yeah. So um, I have them, and then I have second in that division. I have the Jets going seven and nine, getting Le'Veon, C.J. Mosley. That defense is stacked. Getting uh, Quinton Williams, Leonard Williams. I mean, I have them going seven and nine, but I just don't think they're going. to – I don't know. I feel like them and the Dolphins will probably finish tied for uh, second in that division. I have I have Dolphins finishing last. I feel like the Dolphins. My thing only with the Jets is Adam Gates. I was going to say Adam Gates, <laughs> Adam Gates. and all the drama with the GM and all that stuff yeah, too. And because Adam Gates is your coach, no, no problem. No problem with it. I think that he's he could be an okay, decent coach. But if you give him that power to be able to decide, you know who he who he can trade for, get rid of. All I'm saying is the Jets better fill that GM position fast. I feel like the Jets messed up when they when they can, cleaned out their front office, like I'm, or when they cleaned out their head coach. Like, why did you not get rid of your GM at the same time before too? the draft? That's what like, I'm you saying. You let this dude draft like all your different guys, and then you fired him. But yeah. I feel like Adam Gase, he could trade Le'Veon. 
I would not be shocked if he traded Le'Veon. I mean, you might be, you might be rolling your eyes, Kush, uh, right now. But dude, I'm saying Adam Gase. Remember what he did with Miami? These Miami, they had players, they had studs, and then next thing you know, gone. They were all gone, and only Tannehill was there left. <laughs> he's <laughs> he not was, even there now. He's not even there now. So I'm saying, like, he's gonna go in there I don't and he's know. gonna try to get his guys. But I think Le'Veon is that. He said he did not want Le'Veon. He did not want him signed to that contract. He yeah, didn't but, feel like he was worth it. When he see when he sees them play, his offense really doesn't rely heavily on running. He's gonna have Darnold airing it out. I don't okay, <laughs> but even if he does, like you have uh, somebody who can catch who the can who can throw it down to check down right to Le'Veon Bell who can get that uh, yards after the catch yeah that, so yeah. and I think for a sophomore quarterback, quarterback you know who's still adjusting to the league that's something that you definitely do need and then all I'm saying is Adam Gase better not trade Le'Veon I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a big fan of Adam <laughs> Gase but I, I otherwise don't think he changed. otherwise that's that's gonna be that's gonna be tough because I'm gonna be looking at Sam Darnold thinking like dang. It's right. not looking good. But, then, yeah, I got the Dolphins. I think they could maybe potentially finish 7-9. and nine. I'm I'm thinking that Josh Rosen coming to them is going to be something something special. There. I don't think that I don't think the Dolphins can mess up. Making that trade for Josh Rosen was great. He pans out great. You guys have a crappy season. You got a guy to a title. Yeah. yeah, at least at least and if that doesn't yeah. pan out, then you have uh uh sun, all- <laughs> you have sunshine from <laughs> From remember the Titans, <laughs> no, you got Trevor Lawrence from uh, Clemson. So it's like you, you, there's always grass green on the other side, right? But I think getting Josh Rosen, remember he's only a second year, and not paying for that contract as well. Majority of that contract is being played by Arizona the Cardinals, yeah. So the great thing about it, I think, like you get him there, you got a totally different uh, regime in there. I feel like they could definitely have a solid season. And they don't necessarily even need to make the playoffs. If they finish seven and nine, I think that's that's a solid season for the Dolphins. And then uh, and I got then the Bills. Bills, I, Bills think I got four. Bills. I actually have them six and ten. I have them third, and the Dolphins I have four and twelve. I got uh, the Bills going four and twelve. Yeah. Yeah. And then you want to go to AFC North? AFC next? North. Yeah. Okay. I got Browns and Ravens tying for that, going ten and six. But I think Browns will have the tiebreaker. Oh man! I, I know. Feel like, I, feel I know like you're Browns, high on the Steelers. No, I know. I'm just. I just. My thing is like, I feel like the Browns are gonna win that division, ten and six. Yeah, like you said. But I feel like Steelers and Ravens. I think they're they're gonna be battling out for that second spot, and I could see that. I, mean, I think. I think Ravens are ultimately gonna just get think, over that. I home think just majority, because the amount of the Steelers. I think, losing. I think majority of the wins that the Ravens are gonna get this season are gonna come from that defense. Because they have arguably like the best secondary. But the thing is, I think yeah, the secondary, but the huge thing is is that middle. Yeah. Because they lost CJ Mosley. Then yeah. they lost, lost edge rushers. That's what I was Suggs saying. Like, like, I'm but the thing a, is, is that they got Shane Ray, right. who, who, who is a low-risk, high-reward Yeah, you might pickup. as well just bring him in there. And then you, obvi- you obviously got they looking Brandon at McCoy? Williams. And McCoy Gerald is, McCoy is they, right they, now talking they, to him. If they sign Gerald McCoy, that would be a big-time I think right now, but for Gerald McCoy, it's between the Browns or Ravens. Yeah. That's what it's going to come down to. And he's right now, he's in day visit- two of visiting the Ravens. And I think he's heading over to visit the Panthers right now to see them. But also, oh, so he finished with the Ravens then already? Yeah. Okay. So I wouldn't be surprised if he signs with the Ravens. That would be a great get for you guys. Right. Especially, like like you said, losing out on CJ Mosley. But to pick him up, and depending on what the contract is, maybe like a one-year or something like that, 
That'd be huge. And then I think on the offense side, for that's the what Ravens, I said. Like, like the defense for the Ravens. I think I think just losing CJ Mosley is a huge loss, just because you have a young guy in Kenny Young at middle right. linebacker and Patrick uh, Awasu. My only thing is, is like, because I'm not a particular high believer on Lamar Jackson, but that's why I'm like, you know, if he proves me wrong, they can definitely make that that, that wild card. I think having a full offseason of him as starting quarterback will help a lot. Yeah, he went through that that period of not being able to. And also actually having some decent receivers, like not a washed up freaking crab tree. Right, right. John Brown was great. They're going to actually let him air it out this time instead of. I mean, they got freaking Hollywood Brown. They better. Instead of forcing him, you know, running around and, you know, trying to, you know, do his uh, best Heisman impersonation like he had a few years ago. And that's not going to get the job done. Also, he has way more help in the backfield, too. They got Mark Ingram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like that. Oh, yeah. I forgot that was a great gift for them. Yeah. So, like I said, I wouldn't be surprised if the Steelers maybe, you know, finish 9 and 7. That's why I have. And the the Ravens finish 8 and 8. But the Ravens could finish 10 and 6 and be right there behind the Browns. So, So I got Ravens 10 and 6, and then Steelers 8 and 8. And And then then I got the Bengals at 5 and 11. I'm at three and thirteen. <laughs> I don't think we need to go into the Bengals. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't it's, think it's we need to looking, go into yeah, the Bengals. It's, it's not it's looking just, too good. Yeah. Um, AFC South. South. I got the Colts. Yeah, I feel like the winning Col- it again. You know, and they didn't honest, even splurge I'm a, in free agency. Like they still have that cap room. I feel like they got the they got best, Justin they got, Houston. Though. They got one of the best GMs right now, oh, and yeah. I feel like you know the coaching staff is solid. And then I'm I'm thinking that luck is going to be an mvp caliber player this year like it's it's i feel like it's time if he could, if he could stay time. healthy yeah for sure i feel like it, it's his time i feel like the i'm, that, I'm so high on the colts that offensive line that just their that, chemistry got way better they're gonna be they, better in their second season if they can just make a trade and bolster up that defense get like you know like just like maybe when they get to like the deadline they make like you know a few moves here and there Dude, they could be only, a Super Bowl contender. I would only, not be shocked. Only thing that I think they could really buff up is their secondary. Cause like I said, like if they fix, their like their middle linebacker is pretty good in Darius Leonard. Yeah, and then and they crazy, got Justin Houston too. Crazy, so that's, like that's most a big of, most signing. of these guys they drafted. So yeah, you're not even paying a lot of these guys a lot of money. <laughs> so we'll 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 see how so, they pan out. But like I got Colts going I got eleven and five. Eleven and five. Yeah. yeah. And then who you got? Texans next? nine and seven. Nine and seven. Um, I got the Titans going eight and eight, and I got I, Texans I, going seven and nine. Just because I don't think that I think they I got. Trying. I don't think they got what you call it. Um, Deshaun Watson any help on that offensive line? I think they still yeah. didn't really do a whole lot there. But they've also been countless seasons battling injuries. Yeah. If they can stay healthy, that defense. That's the only thing, though. It's like, you know J.J. Watt. But that's why, that's why. You know J.J. Watt. This whole, this whole way too early prediction is given that everybody's healthy. Right, 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 right. So that's why I have him at. Yeah, I just feel like. Nine and seven. They're gonna, they're just not. Titans I have at six and ten. I think the Titans just haven't done anything for me in the past, and I feel like they're not going to do anything for me. Like. They had, the, the highlight of the Marcus Mariota uh, era has been they won one playoff game mm-hmm. in that wild card against Kansas City when they had to come back, but other than that, and it it's, sucks because I'm an Oregon fan and I, I wanted know. Marcus Mariota to flourish. You know, I thought when Winston and Mariota came into the league, I thought either one of those guys were going to turn out, but neither one of them right. being like you know one of the best. Right. It's kind of crazy when you think about it, and then when you look over yonder at Patrick Mahomes, I mean they got Tannehill too in that <laughs> trade, so it's like. <laughs> 
<laughs> what if they just insert Tannehill <laughs> and then just become a playoff team? You know why they got him? Because they figured that he's, Marcus Mariota at some point is going to get injured, so at least we have somebody who can back him right. up in Tannehill. So. And but then Jaguars, I figure. Jaguars have 8-8. 8-9? 6-10? Eight, eight and eight. Eight and I mean, I, I don't know. I feel so like so for the Titans and, and Jaguars, we both got them swapped. I feel like I feel like for the Jaguars, so, I don't know. I mean, you're putting your faith in Nick Foles. I mean, yeah, that's, yeah. Big, dog, that's big Nick Nick. Yeah, but I think here's my thing. I think that all that magic you saw in Philly is gone. <laughs> I Bro, think they, the quarterback coach in, the quarterback coach from Philly is the head coach for the Jaguars. Now, I think yeah, that has. I think that's gonna. gonna be, I think that's gonna help, but I just think that. The the Nick Foles you saw of old is gonna be the Nick Foles you see now. The 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 nobody who nobody thought was anything, that's who you're gonna see and that's who the That's still better than Blake Bortles though. Probably. <laughs> probably. Probably. So, probably. And that but defense that defense is stacked. It's it's always been stacked. That's what I'm saying. While. So it's literally I think their biggest the question biggest, mark is gonna be their wide receiving core. And they're gonna get it to a point where they're gonna have to pay Jalen Ramsey as well. That's the only thing that I'm thinking. And about. also another thing is Leonard Fournette staying healthy. Yeah. Because that was the one thing that hurt them last year. Is yeah. That he, oh, hurt he me. Play. It hurt me and my fantasy <laughs> yeah. team. Yeah, he did not play the way I thought he was. Because I thought they were going to make it back to the uh, the playoffs last year. But then Leonard Fournette, as soon as he wasn't playing at that same level, that killed it. Yeah. And then... AFC West? AFC West. I got Chargers going 14-2. and two. I could definitely... I, I got them winning the division. But I got 12-4 and four right now. But they, to me... The Chargers are the best team on paper right now right. in the AFC. On paper right now, they are the best team. I mean, I the mean, only thing that can think stop about them is Every, injuries, in and, my opinion. And that's what happened last year. Exactly. That's what happened last but year. But look, look at the leap that Mike Williams took yeah. when Keenan Allen went down. Yeah, that's what I mean. So I think having Mike Williams and now like, Keenan he, Allen and like Rivers, Hunter Henry coming back, fully healthy season two. Rivers has weapons offensively, and also the defense is looking really good. I just think that the only thing that would stop the Chargers is, like you said, injuries. And especially if, like, Rivers got injured. That would definitely kill their whole season. Oh, for sure. <laughs> I mean, they got Tyrod Taylor as a backup. So, I mean, it's hot. Hey, that's true. Honestly, that's that true. might be the totally best forgot. backup. That might be the be- one of the best backups Probably. in the league. I totally forgot about Tyrod. I did, too. Um, But, yeah, so I think, yeah, and then... I feel like the Chiefs are going to take a step backwards this year. Yeah, especially losing Tyreek Hill. Well, you know, well depending so, on you, what happens, you know, you, but I'm pretty sure they're going to lose for some amount of time. At least five, and then losing five or six games, and then losing Kareem Hunt as well too. No run game, and then the defense didn't do nothing on the defense. I mean, they got Frank Clark in the trade, right? With for Seahawks. D4? No, no, no. no. Oh, no, no, no they they traded the picks, but oh, yeah, they yeah, traded yeah, yeah. D Ford to San Francisco, right? So I mean, but. I mean, Frank Clark's not terrible. I no. mean, I mean, not, he's not. I don't know why he's <laughs> great. <laughs> but I mean, no, I, think, I know what you mean. I know. What like, you mean. I think I that's all. That's about all they have. I mean, they got Tyron Matthews too. Yeah, yeah. But the thing, like, so they got they got a couple guys over there. But I just don't think it's enough. And I think and they, I they, think they had, will be a wild card team, right? Because I, I don't think. I, they're yeah, the I think so. I think so. Because Cause you still got Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. I either got the Chiefs being a wild card or AFC North team being a wild card. I got, so either, yeah, you got yeah. you got two wild cards. Yeah, so it's either it's either, well, I'm saying like I'm saying like those teams are going to be the the two wild cards. So teams. my wild cards are going to be the Ravens and going to be the Chiefs. Yeah. So and I then got it, either the Steelers or Ravens and the Chiefs. Yeah. Me, yeah. And then oh, let's finish off the West. Broncos. I have seven and nine. 
I'm actually not high on the Broncos. I don't know why I'm not that high. I should. I mean, I can, they, I can really see. I'm kind of being just optimistic. I don't yeah. know. Getting Joe Flacco might. I feel like that was like the kiss of death, <laughs> and they're gonna like right. have like four, four and twelve, and maybe five and maybe a uh, five and eleven at best. Yeah, and then but I um, actually got the Raiders being a higher team than them, six and ten. I have Raiders that's, six that's, and ten. That's pretty optimistic because. Last year. I mean, the thing is, is when, when, when Derek Carr plays well and he has weapons around him, he, he almost won an yeah, MVP. Yeah, yeah. So it's like yeah. giving him one of the best receivers in the game and, and you Antonio know what's crazy? Brown. When, what was that, two years ago when um he went down with that injury just before the playoffs? Three years ago? Three years ago. I if believe. he would have been healthy, I think they could have gone to the Super Bowl. Yeah, it was, I, think <laughs> a lot of people, I think a lot of people had him going to the Super Bowl. <laughs> but then all of a sudden they had like uh, Connor Cook as their quarterback. Right. <laughs> so. um, all right. Let's switch gears to NFC. NFC East. We'll start off with um, Eagles. Eleven and five. Ten and six. Ten and but six. Yeah, I'm going with the Eagles. Yeah. Uh, I think just getting Jordan Howard was a great trade. And then also them. I think you know by trading away Nick some people will say that was a bad move because you don't know about the health of Carson Wentz and right. like if he's going to be consistent but my thing is like addition by subtraction it's the same thing what I believe is going to happen with the Steelers is like a lot of people are sleeping on them right now because of all the talent they lost but at the same time giving up a guy like like Nick Foles to like secure that spot for Carson Wentz and just to like let everybody on the team know this is the guy this is our franchise yeah, player. yeah this is our guy like we don't care what you think because you know there was a lot of rumblings in the locker room about right. you know Nick this is Nick's team it's like no this is Carson Wentz's team I think Carson Wentz finally has a deep threat in Deshaun Jackson they brought D-Jax back and then Alshon Jeffries, Alshon Jeffries, that jump ball guy. And <laughs> yeah. Nelson Aguilar stepped it up yeah, last yeah, season the last few years yeah so I think I wouldn't be surprised if they, I think Carson Wentz, if they try to make another run and uh, get to the Super Bowl again. I could see it. I, I could, see I could it. definitely see it. Um, and then I got the Cowboys going ten and six right behind him. And then I'm actually not. A, I'm not believing in the Cowboys because, well, I, mean, I know it hasn't happened yet, but I think that um, they're gonna pay Dak obviously at some point this offseason. I think eight and eight. That's I can see. I just Cowboys. I just think because of that defense. I mean, whatever happens with Demarcus Lawrence, yeah, that, yeah, 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 that's gonna be a huge thing. But yeah. I think with Leighton Van Der Esch and Jalen mm-hmm. Smith, like that duo, like was amazing. Yeah, yeah, in to Dallas, the, especially to like the tail end of last season, right. especially. Like uh, the defense, I think last year, like everybody like talked about like Dak's play and Zeke in the offense, but it was the defense that led them into right. the playoffs. That's, that's how they beat the Seahawks. <laughs> that's, the what I mean. that's what I mean. <laughs> so so. I, I think. The Cowboys, and then you obviously have Ezekiel Elliott. Like I, in my eyes, the top five running back in the league. I think he's gonna have that Leonard Fournette effect. I think coming into this season, like I, everybody's already talking about. I know it's way too early, like we like we already mentioned, but he's already gotten to some issues off the field. At EDC, <laughs> he's already he doesn't look like he's he looks like he's overweight as well. He doesn't <laughs> look like he's. In shape. But I mean, that's easy to just like you know get in shape for football, but. At the same time, I just feel like nah, the Cowboys. But, eh, I feel well. like the Cowboys got a lot of different storylines off the field that right. are gonna hurt them. Distractions, right? Coming into this season, I mean, who knows? They could maybe like have a Steelers effect to where everybody's kind of like expecting them to like, or like the Jaguars, like la- uh, a couple years ago, how they got to the AFC Championship game. Like everybody's kind of expecting like the Cowboys to take that next step. 
But I think they're going to take a step back. I, I think they are going to take a step back. But given that division with the Redskins and Giants, I just right, think that right. they still can produce at a 10 and 6 level. You would hope. <laughs> you would hope. So You would hope. I mean, also, but with the Redskins, I have them going 10 and 6 just because of Dwayne Haskins. Getting Dwayne Haskins, I think, I I think, think Dwayne that's Haskins good. is going to. He he could he could maybe even like that division. I think a lot of people don't realize is a lot closer than what people think. I think if you eliminate maybe the Giants because right not right now, oh, but maybe a in like a few years, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I think a lot of people are even sleeping on Daniel Jones right I'm now. I'm sleeping on him because I'm, yeah, I'm not yeah. a believer in him. I don't know. I feel I like I feel him. like he could he could maybe turn out to be not like like Brady or something like that, but maybe he could be Eli. Maybe he can win a, a Super Bowl. I wouldn't be surprised about that, but. I, I think, think the Giants right now they're a four and twelve team. I got them at four and twelve. Oh yeah, I got them at four and twelve as well. And I think the Redskins, like like I said, they could they could go from either being like eight and eight or they could be six and ten for me. But right now, I think they're. Six I think and a 10. huge loss was them for them was Zach Brown too, the middle linebacker, right, going to the Eagles, which is another reason why I think the Eagles buffed up that linebacking core was Zach Brown. But um, I think that, like how you mentioned with uh, Dwayne Haskins, is the reason why you think that they're gonna have a pretty good season this year. I think that. That's going to be the opposite for me because if he had time to be able to learn under Adam, um, uh, Alex Smith, Adam Smith, <laughs> Alex Smith, if he had uh, some time to be able to study under him and not be thrown right in immediately, that would be really good for his development. But I think that he might have an RG three effect to where he has a great first season and then from down the line you just don't see a whole lot. Maybe, but. For this season, I, I just think, think, that I just think is, you don't throw fifty touchdowns in a season in college. That's true. For no that's reason. true. Like that's true. But also, I got to look at the talent that's around him, and he doesn't right. have that level of talent at wide receiver with Washington. Right, I can so, see that. I mean, when, but uh, yeah. but yeah, uh, Eagles, Cowboys, definitely going to be fighting for that uh, that top spot in the division. I think it's going to be Eagles. Yeah, me too. Like, it's going to be a two game difference or game or two difference yeah I wouldn't be surprised but uh, NFC North um, this is going to be shocking but I think Packers 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 at 10 and 6 I think A-Rod because he's been quiet he's been quiet throughout this whole offseason you haven't heard like a lot of drama like they got the coach in they got a pretty solid draft going I feel this is what I'm saying is that yes the Bears fully dominated but I think they really overachieved last season just because I don't think every when they made that Khalil Mack trade, I think that was like a huge game changer. But now I just think that Aaron Rodgers, he's gotten time to get healthy. I think he's going to be locked in, like fully locked in and trying to like let his teammates know that like, hey, guys, I'm trying to win. I'm trying to win another Super Bowl. <laughs> I, I can see that, but and also he's got that you know new coach in as well, so going to be a lot more offensive focus, which a lot of people have been complaining about as well. So I wouldn't be surprised if the the Packers you know turn a lot of heads this season. All right, and I I got I got them going nine and seven, so they could be knocking on the door for a wild card mm-hmm. spot. I don't think they win the division necessarily. I think it's going to go to the Vikings. Um. My thing, only thing about the Vikings is <laughs> I just don't trust Kirk Cousins. That's my only thing. And that's not a knock on him, per right. se. My thing with Kirk Cousins is that you get good Kirk and you get bad Kirk. I, like You get the good Kirk who, he, who you know, is the you like that Kirk, you know. And, and but 
then you get back Kirk, who last season he was not that good to me. He was he would have so many different inconsistent throws, and just he just seemed like he was all over the place. He didn't seem like the guy who the Vikings thought they were paying for. Yeah, I I mean I can't argue with that because I can see that, but I just think having guys like Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, and Kyle Rudolph. Yeah, but I'm, yeah, he had those weapons last season too. <laughs> but I know, but I mean, <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah, so that's that's my only thing is like I think having a full season of Dalvin Cook too is gonna help as well, right? Because he was injured. Yeah, yeah, he was coming off that ACL injury, so I think having a full season of Dalvin Cook will help a lot. Definitely, they they lost Latavius Murray though to the Saints, so that that's a pretty big loss for them as well. And where do you see the Bears? Bears, I got him in second. I got him going ten and six. Okay, okay. So okay. I mean, that wild card spot. I think one of them is going to come from the south, or sorry, from the north. Regardless, the I think it's NFC the same north, thing. and it's it's going to be the Packers or the Bears. Yeah, it's the same thing for me. Like with AFC North and the NFC North, I feel like those are like the two divisions where it's like you got three teams in there who could take the division, and I wouldn't be shocked at all. Yeah, also the the Bears got Ha Ha Clinton Dix too, so Oh yeah, they did. Yeah. They did. <laughs> so um, I mean, I they mean lo- the defense the defense it was already solid. They they lost Adrian Amos though, so that was that was kind of a big loss for them, their safety, but they filled the role up with Ha Ha Clinton Dix, so I think that was a big signing for them. I think um for them it's 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 gonna have to be like the difference makers is gonna have to be offensively. Yeah. And like, you know. I can see that. And then also with because I think no, that's what no like, Jordan Howard. I think Tariq Cohen's also. And then you got Mike Davis as well, too, from Because I think Seattle. what hurt them last season is, like, they should have won that game against the Eagles. Don't get me wrong. The double doink. Don't, don't get me wrong. Like, like even, like, just taking the double doink out of the, 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 the picture, the offense, I think, if they just would have did, like, a little more. Because the defense, they did all they could. But anyway, next, uh, NFC South, I think this is going to be the year of Drew Brees. I think this is going to be the year of Drew Brees, man. I feel like Saints, to me, Saints, if they I don't go to the Super Bowl, I that's going to be crazy. I have So I have Chargers and Saints going to the Super Bowl. We won't get into that, but that's just kind of my prediction. Okay. Chargers, Saints. But I'm, um, yeah. Saints, I got them going 13-3. and three. I got them going 12-4. and four. Um, yeah, think, yeah, you're not giving anyone high records. Uh, I just don't because I just don't think that anybody's skeptical. like. I don't think anybody's like that good right now. I feel like, really? like I don't think anybody's like set themselves apart to where it's like, oh yeah, we're going to lose three games. But I mean, the Saints of any of any of these teams, I think probably is maybe that team that goes like thirteen and three, maybe fourteen and two. I think this is going to be one of the tougher divisions because um, the Saints. Falcons are getting healthier. Because yeah. that first game against Philly is what killed their whole season. Their whole defense was just down. Losing like, uh, uh, Beasley? Keanu Neal. Uh, yeah. And, yeah, it was just all bad. Yeah. So, I think that they're going to be back in the mix. I got them going 9-7. and seven. Yeah, they got some rookies on the offensive line. So, we'll, we'll see how that pans out. I actually have the Panthers going 10-6 and six for that second spot. Um, You're going to be shocked where I have the Panthers. I mean, I can see why people would have them at the bottom, but I'm kind of being optimistic about them just because of that start that they had to last season. Yeah, mm-hmm. they had that huge downfall. They I mean, what, ten and, or have, six you seen, and two? have you seen Christian McCaffrey lately? Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh my God. I wouldn't be surprised if he got tested already after that picture <laughs> got released. If you guys haven't seen that, Christian McCaffrey, go Google him and do got swole. He got 
super swole. But I think I got the so I got Saints twelve and four. I got Falcons nine and seven. I got the Buccaneers finishing at six and ten, and I got Panthers at five and eleven. So I have I have that same exact thing. Or Saints I have thirteen and three, but I have Panthers going ten and six, and but I have Buccaneers going six and ten as well. Just because I think I think I think Arians is gonna come in there. I think he's gonna. He's going to, I think, give Winston. Like, he's going to put his hand around his shoulder. I've, I've kind of lost faith in Winston, to be honest. I, I know, but I feel like this is the season where he start, he shows you glimpses and flashes of what people thought he would be when he got drafted. And I think that Bruce Arians... Remember, Bruce Arians is a guy... I think he, like, made the, the Cardinals, like, a pretty solid team. And so I, I just think that that could happen with the Buccaneers. They also honestly... One of my favorite guys in the draft, they got Devin White. Oh yeah, that the dude, linebacker you, from LSU. Dude, I saw a video. I just saw a video uh, of like him like hyping up his uh, his uh, teammates in college. Oh no, that, that was Rashawn Gary. Oh, that was, that oh, was Rashawn yeah, Gary. Yeah, 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 I know, yeah, yeah, I know the video yeah. you're talking my about. Bad, That's Rashawn Gary. My bad, my bad. No, but Devin White. This guy reminds me of uh, uh, who's that on the Jaguars outside? Telvin Smith. I mean, Telvin Smith actually kind of sucks. He's not playing this year for the Jaguars. It's a huge loss for the Jaguars. But he reminds me of a Telvin Smith, a fast dude who, like, flies downhill from that linebacker position and just can lay the wood. Yeah. So, pause. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, and then uh, they also got Indomitian Sue. Yeah. They just yeah. signed Indomitian yeah. Sue. Um, I actually like that. They flipped Gerald McCoy's contract and got Indomitian Sue and Shaquille Barrett, the edge rusher from... Uh, from Denver. Yeah, and edge rushers. So they actually, the Buccaneers are making smart moves. Edge rushers are just, I wouldn't say just as valuable as like a top tier quarterback, but like we saw what Khalil Mack did as soon as he came in for the Bears. He completely changed that whole And and they also got uh, Jason Pierre-Paul from... I mean, he's not, he's I mean, not he's the not, old, he's not, he's but he's, he's, not, he's but still, like, he's still, a great he's still starter. Jay, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's a good starter. He's been, he's been, you know, been doing things I for think, them. I just think that secondary, like, is one of the worst in the leagues. Yeah, and it's not going to get any better so, this season. That's so. what I'm saying. That's why I, I have him at the bottom. And the West? Rounded up with the NFC West. I got Rams going 12-4. and four. Um, I got them going 11-5. Just because. But you got them winning top, it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Just because. Todd Gurley, I, I was debating about this because I've seen people like think that the Seahawks could maybe win this division, which I wouldn't be surprised about because we all know Seattle, we got a deal. <laughs> Go Hawks. <laughs> Boy, Russell Wilson is the dangerous <laughs> Wilson. Yeah, but they didn't do anything to improve that offensive line. That's that's why I said, like, I can't really. I mean, put but them it's still ahead. Russell Wilson, so I, that's why I got that's him at 9, nine and 7. Me too. I put him at 9 and 7 as well. And the 49ers, I was. This is this is a little surprise. I kind of. I'm being optimistic about them. I got them going 8 and 8. Just That's because one game better than me. That's one game better than me. 7 and 9? Yeah. Because I was thinking that, like. Just listen to this defense. Nick Bosa, who actually already... I, mean. I thought who, they who, drafted who, really well, and who, I thought the defense is Nick good. Bosa already injured himself. He, he had a little tweak, but really? it's, not, it's nothing serious. I didn't even hear about that. Yeah, it's nothing serious, but they got them. Then they have DeForest Buckner, and then they got D4 Ford in that trade yep, from Kansas D4, City. Yep. And then they got Quan Alexander from the Buccaneers. Well, they got him as a free agent, but he was on the Buccaneers. Mm-hmm. And then Malcolm Smith, um, Richard Sherman, they got... And then Jimmy Ward. It's like I totally forgot Richard Sherman still plays me. Right. <laughs> so it's like this team, they buffed up. 
The only thing that scares me. And not only that, they freaking got uh, Tevin Coleman. Right, the running back. So, and then Jerry McKinnon's coming back. And you got Matt Brieta, so it's like... Jimmy G's also coming Jimmy back. Jimmy G. But my thing is, like, Jimmy G is, like, is he going to come back and is he going to show off what he did for the Patriots? Those, those first. So this 8-8 eight and eight record is more relying on their defense because I just right, think their defense right, will be that right. good because, next season. And that's the thing, like, how Harbaugh kind of, like, built them in, like, prior years. He uh-huh. built it with the defense with Patrick first. Willis. Yes, and, yes, yeah. yes, yeah, yeah. So I'm saying, I like, I, I can kind of see, like, them slowly mm-hmm. starting to build that defense up. The crazy thing is, is that they're young. And they also got Solomon Thomas. I almost forgot then, about that guy. Then, that guy was, what, the third pick two years ago? I wouldn't be surprised next year if, like, if they draft well again, they could be a dangerous sleeper team again to that wild card. Next year, but I this think, year I think that like seven nine or eight and eight. I think that's I think like like you said, pretty optimistic. The Seahawks, unless they do something about, I think this is going to be one of the tougher divisions in the league, just because and, the Rams being the Rams, and then Seahawks having Russell Wilson always gives you that upper hand, and then this young. He's the best quarterback in that division by far. I think. Oh yeah, that, I think that's well, hands I down. I, well, I, I hate saying the word by far, but I'm sorry. Like no, Jared yeah. Goff. Jared Goff's a Jimmy system G. quarterback in my eyes. Jimmy G hasn't done anything. And then we don't me. even know. And we don't know how Kyler Murray's going to do. do. Exactly. So I got 49ers at eight and eight, and then Cardinals at five and eleven. That's pretty optimistic. I got. I just, four, I just think, I think Cliff Kingberry and Kyler Murray. You know, they they might, and then they also got. You're right. A couple you're weapons right. in the draft. You know I'm, I'm gonna change it up right now because I was gonna say uh, three and thirteen, but then I was like, you know. You're like, right. They still, five, have, five they still have Larry Fitzgerald. They have Hakeem I'm Butler. Say, I'm gonna Hakeem say five, Butler. I'm going to say 5-11 and 11 as well for the uh, Cardinals. Mm-hmm. Just because I, I don't think they, they can't do it as worse as they did last year. Right. They, they can't. Do I, it. I really don't think they will. I think they drafted Kyler Murray for a reason because he obviously played with Cliff Kingsbury. So I, I think in a couple years this team will be a, a squad to reckon with. They just got to beef up that offensive line, really, and then they took my boy Terrell Suggs from the Ravens. Way too early Super Bowl prediction. I know you already said it, but say it again one more time. I got Chargers and Saints, and then I got the Saints winning it. I got Saints winning it as well, but I got Saints versus Colts. Rematch of Super Bowl forty five. Oh, that's when I thought both both teams were going to go undefeated. (laughs) (laughs) I remember that. I think Colts went 14-2, and and yeah, that was a hell of a game. The pick six. Yep. Harper. Yep. Yep. So, yeah, I think this is Drew Brees' year. I think Andrew Luck is going to win MVP, but I think Drew gets that second Super Bowl and finally solidifies himself. And then he being... rides off in the sun. Oh, yeah. Because, so, yeah. I mean, like, he if he wins the second Super Bowl, he's going to, I think, definitely eclipse Aaron Rodgers in far, as far as, like, you know, everybody's saying, like. I mean, he, know, holds, he already holds a touchdown. Yeah, but I'm saying, like, record. you know, everybody's kind of, like, Hands up, like toss, yeah. toss up about those two, but he, I think that's gonna put him over the top, and that's gonna put him right into that, you know, because Eli's got two, Peyton's got two, and you know, multiple Super Bowl winning quarterbacks. Right. Well, we'll see how it all pans out. So you heard it here first. We both got <laughs> the Saints over here. Um, but thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Nosebleeds. If you haven't followed us on Twitter and Instagram already, I don't know what the hell you're doing. You need to get your shit together. We're also on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Our uh, usernames on Instagram is at the nosebleeds. That's K N O W S bleeds. 
And then we also got on Twitter, the underscore nosebleeds. Thanks again, Corey, for coming on and joining us. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Have me on again. (laughs) Will do. Of course, (laughs) dude. All right. Well, that's going to do it. Thanks for tuning in. And we out. Deuces.